What's up, y'all? It's Be Dangerous back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. I got a hell of a lot of shit to cover. I don't know how long this show is actually going to be. But since I actually have the energy to do this, let's get this over with right now. Also, follow me, Be Dangerous, on Instagram and Twitter at TheBeDangerous. Also, please follow the podcast, Dangerous Sports Talk, on Spotify, wherever podcasts are available. Also, follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page. I need to post more on there because that's where most of my followers who don't follow my actual page can go and listen to the show. So let's just get right into it. So we're going to start the show off with Skip Bayless's tweet and Shannon Sharp's reaction. And how long Undisputed is going to last. So long story short. Skip Bayless made some insensitive comments, well, insensitive tweets about Darvin Hamlin. And he made it seem like he was more concerned about the game than he was about his well-being. Now, granted, I love Skip Bayless. I do. Like, his takes are always off the wall, and he injects it with some humor. And I respect him a great deal. But when I read the tweets a little bit further back, it's like I get what he's saying in a sense. And we've seen sports injuries where guys have snapped their legs in half, where guys have been knocked the fuck out, and the game continued. But with this, Darvin Hamlin, this young man, went into cardiac arrest and they had to stop the game so they could get him medical attention Because that scared the shit out of people. And that is what brought the NFL together. And Shannon Sharp, after seeing that tweet, he did not come to Undisputed. And I understand why he didn't. Because Skip has been getting on his last set of nerves. Like his entire set of last nerves. And you can tell, even when Shannon is there, you can tell that their relationship has changed dramatically. Granted, Skip did lobby for Shannon Sharp to be on Undisputed. And he was like, yo, if Shannon isn't going to be here, you're not going to get me. And that should be commended. But in the same breath, it was the way he said certain things that made a lot of people side eye him. And tell him to take the tweet down and say all types of shit between athletes Different sports anchors, all types of people just came at Skip Bayless's neck. And after all of that, he had to cover, he had to do the show by himself. And I know Skip is capable of carrying the show by himself, but in that moment, it was like, man, we get what you were trying to say, but it was the way it came out. Delivery and presentation is everything. And even my ass knows not to say certain things a certain way. Because people will look at my credibility and look at me as a person for saying something like that. Especially if you know you're better than that. And with the way Undisputed is going and the way Shannon and Skip's relationship is, I don't see them lasting too much longer through the year. Because I'm not sure how long Undisputed has been on. Like maybe like the last couple years or so after he left First Take. But pretty much the dynamic is like you have two alpha males who want to be in control. And they want that power over each other. 
and Shannon is going to relinquish his power, and neither the hell is Skip. And just seeing their relationship kind of going down the drain right before our eyes on national fucking TV every week, I don't see them lasting beyond hell. Let's see, Super Bowl is coming up. Maybe the NBA Finals, and that's not going to be until June. So I'll say the NBA Finals, but it might be a little bit sooner than that. So we'll just have to wait and see how this whole saga between Skip and Shannon is going to play out. Because it's not pretty. And had Shannon came back that night after he made those tweets, it wouldn't have been pretty. And it's like, y'all want Shannon to lose his job so bad just for him to put his damn hands on Skip Bayless. And... Seeing a black man, a muscular, angry black man, is a scary sight. So, yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with Skip and Shannon, for real, for real. Also, I wanted to bring up DeMar Hamlin's condition. A few days ago, he awoke from his coma, and he was able to, they took his breathing tube out, and he's able to talk and communicate with his fans, he's able to post on social media, communicate with his teammates, and FaceTime everybody. So his recovery is going in a positive direction, which I couldn't be happier for. And he he is united at NFL. It always takes something like this to really humanize everybody and see that it's more than just football. Like, these guys go out of their way to make sure we're entertained every week in the and to compete for the glory of being the NFL Super Bowl champions and all this stuff. But there comes a time where you have to take football out of the equation and really be concerned for somebody's life. Because this man is only 23. Like, he's he was born in 1998. Like, I'm eight years older than him. So to see this young man go down with cardiac arrest, like, it was nothing short of a, a scary sight. And we should also give applause to the to the medical staff who immediately saved his life and the continued medical treatment that he's getting to continue to get better. So I'm definitely keeping my eyes out on him and watching him improve. It's like, take your time, young man. There is no rush. Like your teammates are riding for you. Your brothers are playing in your honor and they're definitely going to do what needs to be done because with this, this might spearhead the bill to, to a Super Bowl. I'm not sure how true that is, but with the emotional, with the emotions being so high, they just might get to the Super Bowl. So, hey, you can never you can never tell when it comes to the NFL, but that that's pretty much what I think about that. Also, more football talk. Aaron Hernandez's ex-fiance is accused of mishandling her daughter's trust fund. Now, this kind of makes me a little bit upset because uh, I know Aaron Hernandez is not the best person in the world. However, when I started to do more research and watch documentaries on his life, I understand why he was the way that he was. He had a toxic childhood, grew up around toxic masculinity. And he struggled with who he was as a man. Because honestly, he was a bisexual guy. And he would have encounters with guys and stuff like that, but then turn around and be homophobic in the next breath. 
You know what I'm saying? And that's very fucking... What's the word I'm looking for? And that's very common in DL men. But at heart, he was a man who loved his daughter and wanted his daughter to become great. So he put his he made sure that his daughter was okay. He put money in a trust fund. But then after he committed suicide at the age of 27, his finances were left pretty much to his family. And as a mother, I would hope like hell that you would want your daughter to have money for herself so she can go to college and do whatever she wants to do in life and not use that money for selfish bullshit and selfish reasons. Like to me, if I was a mother, I would want to make sure that my child was okay first. I would want to make sure her well-being and her future was set before anything that I needed. But this woman here, like your priorities have to come in line because I'm not sure how old Aaron Hernandez's daughter is. I know she's not legal age. I know that. But you have to really think about your daughter over yourself when you are a parent, period. And that's what Aaron Hernandez is doing. And this is not something that he would want want to see happen. Like, I put that aside for my daughter. Yeah, you could take some money out if you actually need something. But to blow thousands upon thousands of dollars on dumb shit when this is supposed to be for my child, that's why I have a problem with it. But they say she's accused of it, so it hasn't been confirmed or denied. But honestly, I can see it happening. I can definitely see that happening. So I'm going to try to get more news on that soon enough. But I'm like, yo, that's fucked up. Because your first priority as a mother should be your daughter and her needs and wants and all that other good stuff over what you want. Also, let's see. What else we got? I got a lot of shit to talk about. Ah, wrestling news. We got to get into some wrestling. Sasha Banks, also known as Mercedes Monet, made her debut in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Everybody wanted her to come back to the WWE. But even though WWE is the holy grail for wrestling, people also forget that WWE has never been the only game in town, even when they bought ECW and WCW. There has also been other wrestling organizations around the world, like around the indie circuit and stuff like that. So why wouldn't she seek her fortune elsewhere? In New Japan Pro Wrestling because New Japan is a federation that will take a wrestler who has a lot of potential and they will push them to be the world champion because I believe JTG went over there and he won the world title and he wouldn't have gotten further than the Intercontinental belt if he was in the WWE and I think she got a got their one of their belts over there now I could be wrong about that but If you know you're going to get the push that you deserve and want, you can become a legend in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Now, that's not to say that she won't ever come back to the WWE. But with how everything worked out with her and Naomi and how they walked out of the company, I didn't expect her to go back. At least not this soon. 
So I'm actually proud that she went over to New Japan and she's getting her shine and, and the recognition that she deserves over there because she knows she can wrestle her ass off. And New Japan Pro Wrestling is going to maximize her talents to the nth degree to make sure that she gets make sure she gets the recognition that she deserves. And speaking of WWE, something happened this week that completely pissed me the hell off. Vince McMahon unretires and is trying to sell the WWE. But to me, the real problem is Vince can't stomach the fact that his company is doing so well in his absence. And he had absolutely nothing to do with it. Hunter hired back talent that he fired for stupid ass reasons. And let go because of whatever agenda that he had. Or because of pay cuts and all this other stupid shit. But in reality he was paying off these women for these sexual assault allegations. If you're innocent in something. You don't have to pay off anybody, especially if you know in your heart of hearts that you didn't do anything wrong. So I know he came back to like to be like, what the hell is going on? But if he does try to sell the company, Stephanie and Hunter are within or blah, damn, my bad. Stephanie and Hunter are both within their within their rights to buy him out. Because one thing that I am absolutely terrified of is that Vince will try to regain some type of control. But Hunter better fight like hell to make sure that does not happen. Because we waited for you to un- we waited for you to retire to finally bring the company back to the way it used to be. Why we want you to come in and f- and shit on everything that we that over everything that we built. Like ugh. with Hunter at- and Creative He has been doing nothing short of an incredible fucking job. Him and Shawn Michaels. DX is actually running the fucking company for real. And they're doing a damn good job. So, seeing Vince McMahon back just makes me fucking sick. But if he does try to sell the company, Stephanie and Hunter, do what you have to do. Stephanie, this is the time where you can slap your father and nobody will be mad at you for it. Hunter, this is the time when you can use your sledgehammer. For real. And no one's going to be mad at you for that. Because this is business. And having Vince McMahon in the business now is not is not what's best for business. This is when the old storylines of yesteryear come into play. And how everything is going to come to fruition now. Because yes, Vince created WWE. We already know this. But there comes a time when you stop being a genius and you become a cancer to the exact thing that you created. So if you see your son-in-law and your daughter doing a much better job than you've been doing for the last God knows how many years, let them do them. The talent that you let go was finally flourishing. Whereas you didn't see people's certain potentials. And you pretty much buried them. Or let them go. 
Let Hunter do them. And please go sit back in your rocking chair. Get another sexual assault allegation, which I already know is probably going to come up sooner than later. But yeah, this whole Vince McMahon unretiring thing just pissed me the completely the hell off. Stephanie and Hunter, buy Daddy Dearest out. And Vince, go sit down somewhere. Please and fucking thank you. Oh, also, more wrestling news. I watched SmackDown on Friday. And this is the first SmackDown of the year. And the one of the funniest things is... During a segment between Charlotte and Sonya Deville, the Memphis crowd did something that I didn't expect. They started chanting whoop that trick to Sonya Deville. And Charlotte pretty much encouraged it. She told her to put the title on the line. All you hear in the crowd is whoop that trick, whoop that trick. And Charlotte is laughing at it. She was like, okay, challenge accepted, trick. And honestly, I hope that becomes a thing. Where whoop that trip becomes like a like the what chant. Because after Steve Austin started the what chant, that's been a thing from the time he did it until right now. So if whoop that trick becomes a thing, I'm just gonna crack the fuck up laughing because this is one of the funniest fucking things you could ever see, because that's something that you don't expect. So yeah, whoop that trick, that was some funny shit. Also, in some basketball talk, the Lakers are 5-0 and coming into 2023. <laughs> and the silence is absolutely deafening. Because everybody had so much shit to say about the Lakers losing. Start the season off 0-5. But when they're playing better basketball in 80s absence, when Thomas Bryant is picking up the slack that was left by Antonio Davis, when Dennis Schroeder is picking up the slack, when Russell Westbrook is coming off the bench and doing what he does, endless someone doing what he should be doing, that makes the Lakers a much better fucking team. And if I can roast them for everything that they don't do the right way, I can damn sure give credit where it's due. So, yes, I am happy. I'm going to show my ass for my team for fucking once. And be completely unbiased like I have been doing. So, believe you me. This is absolutely fun for me to watch. To watch your team win win consecutive games? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I'm going to be proud about that. Ugh, man, hold on. I'm going through these notes because, like I said, it's a lot of shit to cover. Also, Dana White slaps his wife. And ESPN has gag orders on them to not say anything bad about it or condemn him. And Dana White apologized and all this other stuff, blah, blah, blah. I get that. However... Even though he is the owner of, 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 oh my God, of UFC. Please explain to me how would this would give him a quote unquote pass to do all of this. They said it was an isolated incident that everybody else seen. 
But how would you know if this was this was an isolated incident? This could be going on behind closed doors and nobody knew nothing until now. But the fact that nobody in, in ESPN can talk about this in a negative connotation, it irritates me because if this if, if Dana White was black, this would have been replayed on TMZ, every news outlet in the fucking world. But since Dana White privilege uh, is in a position that he's in which is a position of power and he owns a very prominent company in the sports world why wouldn't we give him the same treatment that we would that they gave Kyrie Irving for sharing the link to a fucking tweet that wasn't even anti-semitic Ray Rice never played another snap in the NFL after his domestic violence domestic domestic violence case. We already know how they did Colin Kaepernick. Hell, if we really go in there, Will Smith got more smoke from Stephen A. Smith for that Chris Rock slap than Dana White ever got from him. So it's just another case of <clears throat> privilege. But we already know if Dana White were another color, we would have seen and heard that over and fucking over again. Also, one last thing I wanted to talk about or mention. Browns legend Bernie Kosar pull, was pulled from the Browns ra- radio show. For betting on the game versus the Steelers. Really, Bernie? Really? We know how people feel about betting in sports. Hell, ask Pete Rose. Pete Rose is still re- is still going through the repercussions of betting against his team when he was the fucking coach of the, of the team. Betting is one of the most unpardonable sins in sports. And knowing that you're on the Browns radio show, why would you put your job at risk to place a bet and think that nobody would find out about that? You know what I'm saying? Like, even if it was some under the table type shit, people are still going to find out about it and then look at you crazy. And they're going to take what you have away from you. And now you're pulled from the Browns radio show and I don't know if they're going to bring him back, but listen... Betting, when you are in a position of power, is never a good look. So, I don't know what they're going to do about this. I'm going to have to read more about it because it came through my ESPN alerts. But apparently, you lost the bet. So, what did you really gain from this? You lost the bet, and you quote-unquote lost your job. They said they pulled him. They didn't say they fired him or let him go or anything. But still, it's just a mess. Brown shit is going to be brown shit. And also, the Miami Dolphins eliminated the Browns from playoff contention, even though they beat the Browns. They won four in a row just to fucking lose playoff contention. But I honestly didn't see them making the playoffs no way. Yeah, you got some wins. That's pretty damn good for you. But still, you're going to be sitting your asses home with the Browns, the Jets, the Bears, and every underachieving team in the NFL this season. 
And you deserve to sit your asses at home. Point blank and motherfucking period. And on that note, I'm going to get my ass out of here. But I was itching to do this show. I thought about doing it tomorrow, but I'm like, you know what? It's too much shit to cover to keep it locked under. Keep it, Just keep it in my notes. So I'm like, let me just do this show right now. And I got to call my friend back because this, this nigga has called me consecutive times while I was doing this show. But, as always, I am B. Dangerous. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at TheBDangerous. Also, follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page, and, and the podcast on Spotify, wherever podcasts are available. And on that note, ah, one more thing, one more thing. Thanks to you guys. The four listens for my last show has taken my total listens to 44K. And I have you guys to thank. You guys are the reason why I keep doing what I'm doing. I thank you guys so very much for your love and support for Dangerous Sports Talk and for me be dangerous. Thank you guys so very much from the bottom of my heart. And I'm out of here. Peace.